Welcome to Money Down Podcast. This is episode eight for the investor inside us all. I'm Zero Down Willis here with our co-host, Big Money Bates. Eight is great, Willis. That's what I have to say. Eight is great. Yes, sir. Feels like a hundred though, man. Kind of does. Feels like a hundred? Yeah. Maybe dog ears. So we'll go 56. How does that sound? Is that better? I don't know. It seems like a seems like a shot. <laughs> 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 We've done eight, and you said it feels like a hundred. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, I mean, it just—it feels like you know, like this this comfortable <coughs> old shoe that I love to put on and wear and do for thirty minutes a week. I love it. Yes, yeah, shoes, man. Shoes are—I get the the same feeling. Old shoes are great. I love old shoes. They're worn in. You know what to expect when you put them on. I mean, the fact that they're old, right, means they're not wearing you in any wrong directions or causing blisters, <laughs> right? I mean, it, they're they're hugging the the support mechanism of your body. So this anyway. is true. Oh, we're man, we're <laughs> grabbing, we're grabbing already, brother. What are we going to talk about today, man? Well, I want to hear a little bit. I uh, heard that you might have some uh, final finals and. You know, I have some personal experience uh, if you're interested in the real estate market with the, the most current activity and maybe advice <laughs> on some folks that might be uh, deciding to invest either in a home or uh, uh, an investment, like a true investment like, a, like I do. So nice. Anyway. But what, always what you have to say, I love to hear because you paid for a lot of things that I need to hear for free. <laughs> so now I'm zero down. Now I'm zero down. You're everybody. switching the, yeah, you're switching the bugs on me. I don't know what to do about that. <coughs> so yeah, man, <coughs> excuse me, getting over a little fun sickness. Um, all right. So Tuesday, I signed the papers for two LLCs. Dose. Ted Goodman's my my man. He hooked me up and um, gave me a deal. And so for two, I got I got like a two hundred fifty off on one by doing two together. So I don't know if he does that for everybody. If I'm just his guy, and that's that's the deal he does for me. But well, he, you, you, he set me up. You, you, not anymore does he do it for you. Like. <laughs> so Willis Wills is official and Bro Dev Agency. Nice is official. Now I have to finish. There's still some things left over for Willis Wills. I have to get a, uh, insurance, which I've already gotten quotes. I just got to make the make the switch. And then but you uh, got people. You found people that will insure. So that's the main thing. Yeah, that was actually the hardest thing. The Everybody hardest, kept right? saying no. Um, Mario is my guy on that. So um, he found a quote from Progressive. That's going to be actually saving me a quite a bit of money. And then um, I got to create another bank account. Ted gave me advice and he said that I should create each LLC bank account in a different bank. And the reason why is says banks um, and tellers and all those guys see ton of people throughout the day. And so um, he's actually had referrals from his bank when people come in to create an, an account and whether it's a business or something and 
they say, oh, well, I don't have a business lawyer. I don't have a guy to develop my website yet. I'm looking. The bank teller, whoever it is, can actually recommend someone. And he's had uh, quite a bit of referrals to him from the bank. The other benefit he mentioned was when he went to get um, <coughs> when he went to get approved, pre-approved, he had all three banks send him letters and they all came in the same day. And he says, you know, that's that's pretty difficult to get all at once. Um, but he was able to pick and choose then which which one he went with. Pre-approval. Yeah, for a house. Oh, got you. OK, OK. So, um, <coughs> Will Swills and Brodev Agency. Brodev Agency, we have another client I just talked to yesterday who um, could be a potential $20,000 client. And um, that would put us on the map to, to start building something legit. So, it's still not going to be one of my biggest concerns now, though, when you take on something like that size is um is the client going to be happy and then can we do the work within the amount of time without losing money so um i think i have a plan but he uh once he sends me his nda we're going to dive into the details and see uh because obviously my goal is to dial down the features so that our success rate is higher the chance of success rates and then if we exceed those expectations then we can kind of pull in additional features if we have the time that's the approach I'm going to take. No, I mean, I under, absolutely understand that. I think we even talked about that two weeks ago. Uh, well, last week we missed because you were definitely in the middle of being sick. Um, but I think we talked about two weeks ago when I kind <laughs> of um, opened the box to letting everybody know that we, you know, we got the, the formation and registration and all that um, set up for the new LLC mid TN mid tn home solutions uh llc so that's up and running and i can uh, since we're talking about that i can speak of my partner jay uh 25 year uh friend of mine very skilled that is going to be my partner in that but to um to your point we talked about like worrying about scale like or maybe me and you talked about it on the phone individually but mm -hmm. definitely we're definitely concerned with the market being so saturated with work uh, or with work, not necessarily workers, right? But with work, being real careful on the size jobs we take on that we can fulfill those ourselves and then grow appropriately to mm -hmm. our comfortability level, not just grow without structure, right? Mm -hmm. I'm kind of always the guy that likes to grow structure first and then go out and get the work or go out and mm -hmm. go out and get. Now I, I know everybody's not like that, but that's just me. That's where I'm comfortable. Um, but that, that does take a different kind of understanding with employees or, or workers because they're not getting paid yet. They're just, right. They're diving into the vision, understanding that work will follow, you know? Um, but if you do it smart, I think that can work out for you. But I, I, I understand that too. We're kind of, in the same boat offering services, but we're trying to, like you said, features, we're trying to limit what we do to make sure we can execute what's being asked of us in, a, in the time frame. because then golly, I mean, it's, a, we're 
ultimately you're, you're just your technical side. I'm a brick and mortar side, but we're doing the same ultimately kind of things. We're constructing, building, remodeling, mm-hmm. you know, but you're in the digital space. And so those are very time sensitive to people. Um, you know, so I get it. I get it. That, that's, that's a concern for us too. For sure. Do you know anything about excise tax franchise? And business tax on yeah, that. Um, there is, I'm, I don't know a ton, but I'll, <coughs> I'll I'll bump around on it a little bit. Like um, you, you're talking about, like what what you're probably going to we're going to get involved in with the LLCs and stuff. So when I went to create the LLCs Tuesday. The question was, uh, do I need it? And the and Ted was essentially saying yes. Mm-hmm. And because we're in Tennessee, you have to pay uh, a percentage. I believe it's off the top. And so um, he, <laughs> I think it was Ted that said this that, or someone I heard it somewhere else. But a lot of business will go out like will go out of business because of the state taxes, not because of the federal. And because, yeah, because of them not planning the franchise, the excise tax, all these taxes that come up and they get hit um, when they weren't expecting it. And then that knocks them out. Well, it is. I've not had that experience and I can understand that maybe in a, if they're doing a lot of volume and like these things turn, and I guess you would think, well, it's all all proportional, but those, I mean, those are relatively small. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for mm-hmm. somebody to close specifically, or <laughs> oh my god, I didn't plan and save enough for those. Well, you're talking but, like three years later. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like, yeah, I mean. It, <laughs> Well, because that stuff would compound, so I would get that like if mm-hmm. it had to come back and bite them. But if you if you're keeping up with those things, like even like your local business tax and right. all that stuff, like it's. I, I, let me tell you, you and you know this though. Let me tell everybody if anybody's uh, watching, listening. Pay your taxes as you go. Don't you know? Pay your quarterlies. Pay whatever when mm-hmm. you're supposed to pay them. Um, and I'm going to get all kind of uh, wacky comments from friends and stuff about when, you know, filing extensions and stuff. But do your best to be organized to pay those when you pay them. And you just never have problems that way. Right. Because I mean, the idea is you're making the money. You should have the taxes. Right. But if you don't pay them, you're spending that money. Right. Maybe ignorantly or innocently, however you want to phrase it, because mm-hmm. you think you have it. Right. Remember, every time you take in a dollar, there's a percentage of that that's not technically yours. Is counterintuitive as that sounds, right? Right. So, I mean, that's why I'm paying everything quarterly. I'm putting everything back. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to overpay. I'm trying to make that calculation appropriately because um, I'll repeat what I said a few episodes ago. My my tax guy is like, you know, you don't need to give the government any more than they they need. Well, not need, but than they deserve by law, right? Right. So, uh, meaning they shouldn't be a savings account for you every late April, early May when you get a return. You know, ideally, you would love 
for it to, you know, your return to be zero. You owe nothing, you get nothing. Hmm. Um, if you can, I mean, that's not actually probably a attainable goal, but you get the, you get the drift of that. Have so, you heard of um, writing off like a startup costs? Like, is there a difference between writing off startup costs like in an amortization way versus just writing off, hey, this is a deductible? Well, the it would be depreciation on equipment and stuff would be more of an amortization style. Well, like, like you uh, spend a thousand dollars for attorney fees. Well, that's legal and professional fees. That's that should be consult your tax professional. That should be <laughs> right. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a real estate guy, dude, you know. <laughs> but that should that should be a pretty clear deduction, right? So. Yeah. Now, if you go buy things that can be depreciated, like when your brother and I mm -hmm. started our business, you know, all, all the equipment we bought in the beginning had yeah. a depreciation scale. Uh, I, I'm not sure what it was. And I know you and I have talked about this. They might be different limits or time periods for every kind of thing. I, I'm not that deep into it. But yeah. For some reason, I think we got three years of depreciation on a lot of our like our big I, you know, big ticket items, mechanical, motorized, you know, things. So, yeah, see, that's one of the things I have to look into for Willis Wheels is I just bought that Model Y this year. And mm -hmm. if I could get the sales tax back, that'd be a win. And then if I could write off, honestly, I'd like to write off the next eight years mm -hmm. because it'll, I'll still have a payment on it for the next eight years seven years or whatever so as long as i could write that off each year i think i, I think that I, to me that feels like a good plan yeah well and again you're holding asset um <laughs> creating very very short-term asset you know right. very very short term uh, but um i'm with you i mean i would take everything that you could and then whoever's going to do that for you is going to know your schedule on each of those. Right. You know, and, and that's what I, and I, you said it uh, two weeks ago, I'll say it again today, like your team is worth money, right? So the lawyer, the, the CPA, uh, even though I write a check to my CPA every year and I'm like, man, you know, I could have kept that money if I had done it myself. I just know that he made me more than that mm -hmm. back. But he saved it. I'm not getting a check. I'm just not paying. You know what I mean? So you got to, he's worth his weight in gold. Uh, not right, to mention right. he's a huge friend, but he's worth his weight in gold. So I wouldn't, again, have no problem hammering team every episode. It's all about your team and setup. Exactly. Exactly. <coughs> cool, man. So um, how is the, how's the RV going? Have you gotten a second one yet? No, we're going camping again now. <laughs> Listen, I love, I, I'm still on the idea. My only issue right now is I'm really cautious going into the winter months. Like my season's super short. Right, right. So I'd rather start back in the spring yeah. where I got a long season where if I do it right, hopefully I can go ahead and pay for that camper year one. Yeah. Be, be free and clear um, or be, be profitable rather than, Rather than my in, my income go up and then it dies for six months. Yeah. You know, and then it's back. 
So my goal is, is probably revisit. I'm actually not revisiting it because I'm continuing to do research, uh, keeping up with some of the sites. Some you mentioned, some I already know about looking at rates. I'm looking mm -hmm. at campers online still every, I mean, every other day I'm looking at that second unit. So if something does pop up, that's a really good deal, particularly in the late winter months. If you get my drift, like, you know, buy a boat in the winter, you know, those kind of things. Um, buy a motorcycle in the winter because they're cheaper. Mm -hmm. I mean, if something pulls pulls a good deal, we'll be having that conversation. I'm like, dude, I bought a camper. Just right. because the savings overwhelms the the lack of use, right? Right, right, right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely all about that. And I do plan on uh, carrying that model forward probably starting in March. Nice. All right, so switch the little gears. Um, the piercing of the corporate veil, I learned some techniques that kind of help prevent that from happening. <clears throat> I was asking a lawyer Tuesday, and um, one of the questions I had was, okay, so I w if I want to do an equity draw, what's the proper way to do an equity draw? And because I wanted to know, if if like what's the best way to get to the money right without it uh without it having issues later if there was litigation one of the things he said was you can you can literally just withdraw it into your other account your personal account there's no problem with that he said but one thing that you need to to do is whether it's in quickbooks whether it's a check that you write to yourself and then inside that check there's a note um that says what it's for, whether it's just a simple equity draw, whether it is a, an advancement reimbursement expense type of um, withdrawal. All of these are paper trails to help determine whenever there's a litigation against you to separate yourself even further from that personal account. Because because what they don't ultimately <coughs> they don't want to see is that you're using it's weird that they're you're using your account for personal gain so like you're buying things from your account that you're not using for your account even though technically you, you could say every time you bought yourself something that was an equity draw right but it's going to look much better if you just write yourself an equity draw yeah and then you buy those gifts and things out of that other account that exactly. you deposited that equity draw in. So, right. you know, even though you could buy a candy bar and that candy bar is a dollar eight with tax, you could still technically enter that dollar eight as an equity draw. Right. But they're going to tie you to, per, you know, you're using this for a personal expense and, right. you know, rather than just, you know, that dollar eight to you, it's obviously not going to be a dollar eight, but you taking that money, depositing your account into like your household account, which, you know, in another bank maybe or whatever. And then you're buying your paying your mortgages, paying your bills. Right. Right. Those kind of things. Another thing he mentioned was I had uh, Mario quote me a bundle and he included the house and he included my third personal vehicle and that didn't sit right. So I was talking to the lawyer and he's like, yeah, that would, that would potentially open up that piercing of the corporate veil argument. And <laughs> so 
even though you're saving money on the bundle, it's not worth it if the if it opens up to litigation. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, if they come after Willis Wills and they get your house, you know, yeah. it's, it's not worth it. And I think that's that's the key thing to remember here. And 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 we have not just us saying it; we have, you know, legal professionals and tax accountants saying it for us to us is that, you know. If it's not if it's not apparent, folks, it's apparent. Keep everything separate. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so what? It's I mean, nobody has to go to the bank anymore. You know, I, well, I did. I actually did this exactly today. But as I was paying myself, I write my check, even though it says to Eric Bates from Eric Bates. I'm writing myself a check from mm-hmm. one account, depositing it into another account, and then I'm spending out of that account what I needed that money for. Right. I literally did that probably an hour and 23 minutes ago. Right. You know, um, and so, and it's, yeah. So that's, we have, we have the professionals saying it, then you have us hackers saying it, keep everything separate in this place. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Good deal, man. So, well, I mean, if you think people won't come after you, they will. They're going to. mm -hmm. They're going to. Well, I mean, not going after you, but I'm saying when it gets to a point like that, people get really ugly. Especially when they realize you have money Yeah, from your, your business being successful. It makes you more of a target for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see. What else do we want to talk about, man? Any, any uh, investments you mentioned? You mentioned some... <coughs> Yeah, I, I I was just going to say, in we're in we're in a real neat. Can I say neat, unique maybe time in the real estate market, and like <laughs> everybody knows this if you're in it. You know, prices are sky high, uh, and every everybody's big question is to me is like, man, how much longer is this going to last? Mm-hmm. Or they've develop their own opinion and they're very, uh, very willing to share that, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I would suggest that my, it, it's my opinion. We're probably need to be praying for a level off. Um, but the level off that probably coming, people are probably going to freak out that it's a crash. They're going to treat it like a crash, but it's a level because everything's not going to, you know, eventually everything will level off. Mm-hmm. And it won't be growing at such a high rate, but it'll freak people out like it was declining, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not going north anymore. That, and I would say the factors to watch out in that are, you know, be careful of formulating your opinion from national news. Look at your local news. Look at your local data. I think Tennessee, specifically, a very resilient state. It's a very um, uh, uh, attractive state from a corporate level. Corporations typically bring jobs. Uh, Not always, you know, but, but the corporations I'm talking about, they're bringing jobs, right? Mm -hmm. So Tennessee is a very attractive state. It's a very attractive state to live in with its tax structure, lack of income tax, those kind of things. We're one of seven states that don't have that. Um, We certainly have a, um, this is not, this is not to take it, political, but we definitely have a, an overwhelming, um, let's say, uh, 
political mindedness about the state, at least in how it voted last time, that are attracting like-minded people here for those reasons from other opposite-minded states. Mm -hmm. Uh, Neither is good or bad. I don't think anybody has the right answer, but I'm saying Tennessee is attractive to to certain people all over the U.S. that are that are wanting to get uh, somewhere different. So right. our micro market, meaning our state and even our area, even in a, a more micro market, is <laughs> extremely extremely hot. I think it's going to last a long last a while until Tennessee itself becomes undesirable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know when it's going to slow down. I mean, we have we have data all the way back into the recession. Um, of how resilient Tennessee was in the housing market. And the housing market reflects lots of things, investors, mm-hmm. movers, <clears throat> population, all these things. Right. And, and based on, you know, it, and I'm not trying to remove, we did have some people that really struggled and, and lost a lot of things in our market. But, um, and I'm saying statistically, you know, from one to a hundred, we were high, high percent up there of, of holding our own. Like we didn't have the overwhelmingly negative effects that that particular recession had. And I don't foresee us having large negative effects if, even if another one comes uh, or if it levels off, it's still going to be pretty bad. So yeah, people need to be aware. We have a lot of money coming into our market. A lot of it is foreign, foreign state, a lot of it is foreign nation. Yeah. Have you, have you kept up with the growth of Nashville lately? So we have Oracle. Have you heard of Oracle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a tech company coming to Nashville, providing, I think, over 8,000 jobs. And then Amazon, I think, is going to bring another 5,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, those two alone are going to shift the dynamics sure. of Nashville. Like, um, as long as, long as Nissan continues to grow, that's mm-hmm. going to be super specific to you and I. I mean, even more of the micro, micro, because it's in our county. Mm-hmm. And surrounding counties, all the way down to Winchester, Tullahoma, and, and you know you got Bridgestone, yeah. all those places. Um, and the car industry is doing well right now. Used cars are mm-hmm. on the roof. I mean, so yep. um, so the eyes are on us, right? So money's going to be pouring in. I, I'm not, <coughs> I'm not convinced that's the best. I wish it was coming in a little slower, right? Mm. To be honest with you, a, l- a little more. Because, I mean, basically, we just right now, it's like we're backing up the funnel. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have it. We, we don't have enough structure, infrastructure, homes and things to gobble all that up in a, in a way. Uh, for instance, I think and I shared it on my Facebook page. I think we were down 40 percent last month in listings. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean we're reduced buyers. It just means that we just get honestly, we got sellers that are sellers that are becoming buyers are spooked. And you should yeah. be spooked. You 100% should be spooked because if <coughs> you sell a house, where the heck are you going to go? Right. Right. So you got to be you got to be careful with that. So reduction in houses doesn't mean a reduction in buyers. It just means our price just went up yet again. Because now we got more we got more people battling over less houses mm-hmm. when we already had less <laughs> houses than people. Right. Right. But right. Now that's even increased. So supply and demand, very basic right now on that. But a lot of um, a lot of national companies are targeting. Um, I'll give you a quick example. We we listed our home, uh, one of our flips, 
just as a, a, a coming soon. It's not even technically on the market. It's just visible. Mm -hmm. We had an offer come in way, way over that list price. Mm -hmm. Sight unseen because I can't legally show it, <clears throat> but I can't accept an offer sight unseen. And, and we did. So, and this is my national rental company. So either I could have so much money that I can reject. You sold it to a national rental company? Yeah. So why would they buy it so high over the price? Well, their their metrics are not our metrics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when they look at their rent return on it's it, enough for them to it's enough for them. And they can't buy houses if they don't. I mean, there was a point that cash is king and it's still king, but the short queen behind it, you know, the good looking woman behind it is is a solid loan. It's all yeah. cash to the seller at the end of the day. A, sell, a, a seller should not just take cash because it's cash only. Yeah. Like maybe we used to in the past. I mean, if we can vet their lender and, you know, it appears that they're going to get more cash at the end if they go with the loan, they should go with the loan. You know, terms right. and stuff, there's a lot of little moving parts you need to be particular in. But these cash buyers now that we're not making these overpriced offers are now making them because otherwise they're getting beat out. Yeah. By, by actually live-in buyers. So my point is there's so much happening in this in this market so fast. Dude, this happened in about three hours. Yeah, nobody, that's nobody even had a chance to barely see the listing. So there's they're happening at such a rate. I mean, I'm not wealthy enough to be able to turn that down right now just because I want a family, you know, I want a local family to live there. Right, right. Sorry, guy, I, I can't do it. You know what I mean? Like I would love to be able to have that that ability to say, you know what, I'd just really rather sell to a, to somebody that really needs a home, not somebody that you're going to charge over price rent to. Right. Right. I wish I could. I just can't. I mean, I'm, I'm not there yet. Right. That's what so, makes the market so rough right now. It does. It does. It adds to it. So. All right, dude, let's wind it down. Wind it, dude. Thanks again for listening to money down podcast. I'm zero down. Willis here with our co-host big money Bates. Thanks again.